Welcome to the Starting Line Church Sermons Podcast. Here at Starting Line Church, we are all about helping people embrace that there is more to life through Jesus. This sermon was first given at Starting Line Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Welcome, everybody. We are so glad that you are with us today. My name is Al. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are just so excited because we get to continue our series all about the life and the ministry of Jesus called Encounters. This summer, every week, we've been looking at a different powerful encounter that Jesus had with his people uh, in the Bible, where we see these people walk away with their world turned upside down after they meet and interact with Jesus. And our prayer for this series is that it would be a time where we can look at these stories ourselves and see ourselves in them and to be transformed by the encounters that Jesus has with people. Have you ever heard the phrase, the truth hurts sometimes? And you know who's really truthful? Kids. Kids, in their innocence, sometimes, they will tell you the truth even when you don't want to hear it, and there is, like, no filter. When I was younger, my mom and dad were painting our living room this, like, tan beige color, and when they were putting it up, my mom kept saying, gosh, does this look orange to you? She thought that it looked really orange, almost orange. She was really worried about it. But, you know, they just decided to keep going, to not worry about it, to just just keep moving forward. And they finished, pretty much finished the entire room. And my sister, who was very young at the time, walked down the stairs with this huge smile on her face with so much excitement. She said, wow, this is amazing. I've always wanted an orange room. Needless to say, uh, my parents went back to the store, found a new color, and literally repainted all the walls. But the truth hurts sometimes. But what I found is that it doesn't, when we really need to speak truth into someone's life or into a certain situation, it doesn't hurt as bad when we say it at the right time with the grace of Jesus guiding us through it. That's what we're going to talk about today. This morning, our story comes from John chapter 8, where Jesus was deep into his traveling ministry. Uh, He returns to the Mount of Olives, which was in Jerusalem, and we find him teaching in the temple. And as he taught in the temple, people came in, they sat down, and a large crowd of people began to gather around Jesus to listen to him because of his ministries and healings and miracles, he was making his presence known in all the surrounding areas. He was the talk of the town. People had heard stories about him and everyone wanted, everyone wanted him to meet this Jesus of Nazareth. And that's where we pick up reading in John chapter eight, starting in verse two. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus, he stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. We're again introduced to the Pharisees uh, here throughout our series. They have been 
really main characters uh, because they are really main characters in the story and the narrative of Jesus. They were the religious leaders of the day, pretty much Jesus's enemy. Uh, they cared more about traditions and following rules than they actually un did understanding faith and the reasons why we did, why they did things. So they prided themselves in thinking that they were better than others, um, pretty much everybody else. But then Jesus comes along and he does things really differently. Uh, he doesn't act like them, talk like them, treat people like they did. And so these guys didn't like that Jesus was challenging their power and authority. So in this moment, they, they bring this woman, as we read, into the temple who had committed adultery. And they bring her in to see Jesus to see what he would do about this. Now, I want us to recognize a couple things about the culture at this time that impacts this story. In the eyes of Jewish law, adultery was a very serious crime, one that would lead you to being put to death if you were guilty of it. So not like now where it's just something that we don't believe is good, a good thing. The Bible says that we should not be acting like that. Here, according to the law, this woman who the Pharisees found guilty was actually liable to be stoned to death. By law, she deserved this punishment. So they bring this woman into the temple and they place her in front of Jesus and in front of everybody else. Second thing to know about the culture at this time was women were, were viewed incredibly low in society. They, they, at this time, they weren't educated. They weren't allowed to testify in court. Uh, they weren't allowed to speak in many different contexts. And they were even prohibited to go a lot of places. They, they were really second-class citizens, sadly. But when we talked about, a couple weeks ago, the woman at the well, we talked about how Jesus, he, he sees women and treated women really differently than everybody else did. And he empowered them like not many people did. We see this, this cultural influence in our story today. Because think about it. When an act of adultery is committed... The act doesn't only involve one person, does it? The sin of adultery takes two people. But in this case, they didn't bring the man and the woman to Jesus. They only brought the woman to be stoned to death. This was, sadly, the culture. So they bring this woman in to Jesus, and it seems like there's no way that he's getting out of this. He's no, there's no way he's getting out of this trap that the religious leaders have set for him. Surely he's going to say the wrong thing because of one of three things was bound to happen. One, if Jesus said to the, that the woman ought to be stoned for her crimes, what she had done, he would lose the name he had for love and mercy and would never again be called the friend of sinners. Two, if he said that the woman ought to be stoned to death, he would actually come into collision with the Roman law at the time because Jews had no power to pass or carry out the death sentence on anyone. Or three, if he said to let the woman go, he could immediately be said that he was teaching people to break the law and it would have come across as if he was encouraging people to sin. Let's see what happens in verse 8. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? 
Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, then neither do I. Go and sin no more. This is one of my favorite stories in scripture. I I absolutely love imagining this scene. All these people were surrounding this woman with, with anger in their hearts. They were ready to throw the stones that way were holding so tightly in their hands. They were ready to crush her. And this phrase comes out of Jesus's mouth. Let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Can you imagine the loud noise? The loud thump. The rumbling of the ground as the rocks began to hit it. One by one, people left the scene. One by one, people were reminded of their own sin. And the religious leaders are thinking, what in the world did he just do? We see this encounter that Jesus has with this woman who committed adultery as so powerful powerful and so transformational and we see this beautiful and perfect image of grace and truth coexisting at the same time in the same conversation in the same moment see jesus here he leads with grace and challenges with truth jesus christ fully god and fully human is full of both grace and truth at the same time he doesn't just have a balance of grace and truth he is the full embodiment of both of them at all times i think sometimes we think like he came to earth to do all these different things and part of it was he's gonna sprinkle some truth here and sprinkle some grace over there and then heal some people in the midst of it Jesus came to earth not only to die for our sins, but to bring us the full measure of both grace and truth into every conversation, into every interaction, and every moment. In Jesus, grace and truth are perfectly fused, and we get as close of a look as we ever will to a world that has totally turned its back on truth what grace and truth look like in a graceless world that's turned its back on truth. See where we feel like we have to choose one or the other. Grace and truth work together. They are not enemies. In this story, when this woman is brought to Jesus, he doesn't talk about how terrible of a person she is. He doesn't shun her or ignore her or scream at her. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't get upset. He doesn't even give her the punishment that she rightfully deserves. He leads with so much grace. And the reality is, based on what he said, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. There was one person in the room who was without sin and could have thrown the stone at her. There was one person standing there who was perfect, blameless, and spotless in every single way. And the one who had the right to throw it was the one who said it, Jesus. And he didn't. Even Jesus didn't pick up a stone to throw. Instead, he got down. He lowered himself to the ground. Takes a posture of humility. Looked this woman in the eye. And leads with grace. But it doesn't just stop there. 
he leads with grace, but then he also challenges her with the truth. Just like he doesn't condemn her, he doesn't also say, what you're doing is fine, keep it up, do whatever the heck you want, all's good, just like, don't feel bad about it, it's good. No! He says, go and sin no more. Don't live like this anymore. Don't make these decisions anymore. Turn from your sin. Fix your eyes on me. Is it going to be easy? No! But it's going to be worth it. And just like in past encounters that we've talked about in this series, the future with Jesus didn't have to look like her past. So out of his love and compassion for her, he calls her to something different, something better, something more. But man, did he do that flawlessly. I'm not sure. I often think, how am I going to do that? Other than the fact that he is God in the flesh, he realized that how truth is presented impacts how truth is received. Jesus didn't know who this woman was. He didn't have a relationship with her. He didn't have a history of knowing the depths of her heart and her sin and her life. All he was getting was this one interaction with her. And so if it's all that he had, he couldn't just start drilling her with all these things she'd ever, he'd ever, she'd ever done wrong. He didn't have this relational capacity with her to do so. He didn't even know who she was. So the last thing he wanted to do was start listing all these reasons how terrible she was. And it's the same with us. We can't expect people who are not followers of Jesus to live like followers of Jesus and then tell them all the reasons why they don't live like followers of Jesus when they never initiated a conversation about it. We can't treat people badly and then just say, well, whatever, I don't care. I was just speaking truth. Well, you might have been, but being hateful towards people is not of God. None of that makes sense. How truth is presented impacts how truth is received. And truth always occurs with grace. Hear me, speaking truth in this world is so important. Standing up for what the Bible says is crucial. Standing up for injustice is part of our faith. Saying no to sin and challenging each other to be better is a big deal. But we have to take into consideration how we do it. We see Jesus do this so well so beautifully and he's our model for it but we have to acknowledge that this is really hard to do in our lives there have been many times where I think man I really should have shown more grace in that situation or oh god I really have had an opportunity to speak truth into that person and I got nervous and I didn't and why this is so hard is because depending on what's going on in that situation, we find it so easy and convenient to either create this all truth model of living or this all grace model of living. And then whichever one we pick, we end up either leaving the other, we end up leaving the other one out. Because if we remove grace from truth, we don't have truth. And if we remove truth from grace, we don't have grace because they were meant to work together as we see in this story. And Jesus shows, that, shows us that here. Instead of thinking that we need to show grace in one particular situation and focus on speaking truth in another situation, Jesus is over here reminding us, you need both in every situation and in every encounter with people. 
There isn't an option on which one you want to use. And if you try to do that, it's not going to work out well. Are you going to get it perfect every time? No, we're human and it's hard to figure out, but that is what we should be striving for. That is what we should be searching for. That is what we should be working towards. So as we run this race with Jesus, each and every day we wake up and we get out of bed and our feet hit the floor, we get to figure out how are we going to lead with grace and challenge with truth in a world that doesn't seem to have either. Jesus, guide me. Jesus, strengthen me. Jesus, show me how to do it. So let's do it together. Let's live it together with Jesus as our guide. Thanks for listening to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Starting Line Church or to help support our ministry here, check us out at www.startingline.church.